Lisa Bonzak, author of the June Nash Adventure Series, and when I'm not writing, I'm reading. I started the show to rave about new discoveries, chat with indie and small publishing house authors, and occasionally share from my works in progress. This is Books Cubed, interviews, raves, and reads. Books Cubed started out as a YouTube vlog, and I had people asking me if there was a podcast version, and I said, I can do that, probably. So here's the podcast version. And uh, you're probably wondering who the hell am I? Well, I started out as a literary agent years and years and years and years ago. Probably everybody I ever worked with is um, long gone. And uh, I, you know, I'm an avid reader and I write novels. And when, like I said in the intro, when I'm not writing, I'm reading. And I see uh, a lot of really, really good books that are just not on people's radar. And I really wanted to share things that I found, authors that I've met, and their works. So that's what this is. And uh, sometimes I'm doing interviews, like I said. Sometimes I'm introducing you to someone and their really good book. Sometimes raving, I'm raving about books. Um, there are just some really good thing, books that I've read that I just haven't been able to connect with the authors. And um, I'd like to talk about the books now. And then sometimes I'll be reading to you from my works in progress. In this first episode, I uh, am reading from my latest book, which will be out hopefully the end of the year. I had some issues health-wise and stupidity-wise, and uh, I'm getting that fixed, and uh, that should be out soon. So I'm just going to go ahead and start, and I'm going to read to you. And uh, you'll find that I've got, uh, I think, 10 episodes as of um, Thanksgiving 2018. So I'm just going to go ahead and move those over here. And then in the future, those uh, you'll see the new episodes every Thursday. And I hope that I can uh, not ramble and say ah uh, and um and all that stuff and annoy you and annoy myself and annoy my dog who's, you know, just wants to go for a walk and she's looking at me oddly. So I'm going to just dive into this, um, to this uh, chapter from this next book. And uh, welcome. Thanks for coming by. Um, please subscribe. Uh, leave me a review. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Tell me what you're reading. I'd love to hear about new books. So this chapter is from a book that will be out at the end of the year. And at the moment, the book is called How to Square Your Grouper. But I'm in the process of rebranding my series, and they're getting all new covers and probably new titles. And uh, I'm just not sure what it's going to be called. So uh, I'll probably update it this in the uh, show notes later uh, when the title has been changed. So I hope you enjoy it. I was hungover and on a boat. That much I knew without opening my eyes. I could feel the deck sway below me, and a light breeze scented with salt and decaying fish guts was spritzing my face with drops of ocean. Somebody close by was fishing. I needed to sit up so I could call them over and puke on them. I peeled open an eye, lifted my sunglasses, and squinted at the black blob that hung in the air just above my face. Ew, nobody was fishing. A greyhound was breathing on me. The blob bounced on the end of its muzzle and a fat, wet drop of nose juice slid off the tip, splashing on my cheek. Last, there was only one person I knew who ran with a greyhound. 
Bargain, I croaked. My throat was scratching. My tongue felt like it was wrapped in sticky layers of cotton. June, you're alive. A bright pair of, excuse me, a pair of bright green swim fins slapped into view. I opened my other eye and lifted my head. There was Morgan, my brother's best friend, and until recently, my arch nemesis. He was wearing a black diving suit unzipped at the chest. Those abs still look rock solid for such a skinny guy. And he was holding a mask in one hand and a funny looking backpack in the other. His wiry brown hair was back to normal and sticking out in every possible direction. A few weeks ago, I'd nearly scalped him with a jumper cable clamp, resulting in a partially shaved head and a whole lot of stitches. In my defense, I'd been stuffed in the trunk of a car and had mistaken him for the crackpot who kidnapped me. In the end, he'd been a very good sport about it, about me trying to kill him. And my glasses have fogged and I can't see anything, so hang on a second. Holy cow. Oh, gracious. Well, one of the drawbacks to being old. Hot flashes. So, just let me <laughs> do this real quick. And um, I'll get back to this in a second here. Okay. Oh, my God, I can see. Okay, where was I? Uh, okay. I'd about given up on you for the day, Morgan said. Just past him, I could make out my reflection in the sailboat's white fiberglass hull. Blast. My thick black hair, normally controlled in a long ponytail, was loose, and thanks to a healthy, do healthy dose of salty sea air, had achieved frizzing heights that I'd never dreamed possible. I propped myself up on my elbows, fought the urge to spill my guts, and realized I was wearing a teeny, tiny bikini. I stared down in horror at all my exposed flesh. Am I wearing sunscreen? Of course, Morgan said. I let out a little sigh of relief. Thanks to a chunk of Greek my misplaced father had grafted onto my family tree, I didn't burn up as easily as my red-headed, lily-white mom. Still, I didn't want to end up with leather for skin in 30 years. I put it on you myself, Morgan added, and the horror returned. I didn't want him touching my... Wait, what was Morgan doing here? He was the reason I'd come to Key West. Thanks to a recent mishap that was all his fault, I'd become a reluctant YouTube star, and I was currently on vacation and not hiding out at all. What are you doing here, I asked him. He got a canister labeled CO2 from a Nebart nearby... Blah, nearby storage bin and began to hook it onto the backpack. You invited us. It didn't sound like me. You called and said I should get my butt down here pronto and to bring Cyrano. The greyhound let a whining, let out a whiny little roo when a drop of nose juice hit my shoulder. Then I heard you order a shot as a kappa, he continued, and the line went dead. Last, that sounded like me. When some people drink, they get silly. Some get mean. I get friendly. Not me, I'll show you mine if you show me yours kind of way, though that had happened. But more now, let's go shopping and do lunch kind of way. For some reason, alcohol made me want to be friends with people I normally avoided, like my mother and apparently Morgan. If I called him, I must have been drinking for at least a week. I had a vague notion of a cabbie taking me straight from the airport to Duval Street, and then nothing. Maybe I need to lay off this acapa for a while. What day is it? I tried to lean out of the path of Cyrano's dripping nose. Friday. Wow, I'd been drinking for a week and a day, which explained my throbbing headache. Then he grinned and added, the 27th of April. Last, make that one day. I'd arrived on the 26th. 
it really was time to lay off the Zacapa. I didn't want to wake up one day and find myself on a month-long European river cruise with my mother. How did we get a sailboat, I asked. Did I buy it? Another sometimes side effect of my drinking. It's Metface. Who? I was sure I'd never heard that name before. He's one of the lawyers with the show Morgan said, You're staying at his house? I flashed on the business card with fancy gold lettering. Oh, yeah, Metfay. Something or other. He worked for the production company that owns Gone Herpin, my twin brother's TV show. I'd needed to get out of town. He'd had an empty house. I tried to picture the address written on the back of the card, which I hoped was still in my purse. Then I tried to picture my purse, or rather its location. Lately, I'd had a bit of a problem keeping track of it. Are you staying at Metfay's, too? Morgan's face lit up with a lopsided grin. Would you like that? No. I tried not to look at his abs. Life had been so much easier when he'd been my arch nemesis. Wow. Something about this didn't feel... Wait. Something about this didn't feel right. I leaned on my left elbow and pushed Sereno's nose away with the other. I called you yesterday before lunch. How did you get here so fast? We lived in the same sleepy little town in southern Arizona, and a last-minute flight had taken me 13 hours and three connections on two different airlines to reach the little island. The jet, Morgan said. Yeah, that would do it. Thanks to the popularity of Dewey's TV show, the Roared Sword Network had given him unlimited use of a fancy jet. Of course, it hadn't been available when I'd needed to get out of town. Is Dewey with you? I tried to look around Cyrano's nose, which was back in my face. Nah, he dropped me on the way. To where? He doesn't have anything scheduled. And I would know. I'm his assistant. I set up his appearances, answer his fan mail, and write interference from his weird, hardcore fans, the Doozers. Currently, Dewey's show was on a three-month hiatus. And when my brother wasn't at work, he was out hunting the snakes and other creepy crawlies that he talked about on the show. There was nothing else in his life. I couldn't imagine where he might have been going. Morgan shrugged. He didn't say. I didn't ask. I'd have to call Dewey when I got back to land and found Metface house. Are we done diving, I asked. I felt done. We're having too much fun, Morgan said as he struggled into the oxygen-toting backpack. I'm having fun? I was pretty sure that I wasn't. You are. You've been watching Cyrano. Really? I couldn't imagine how. It wasn't like I was in any shape to stop her if she decided to jump in after her daddy. I'm going to get in a couple more dives before the sun goes down. Don't sail the boat away. Right, I said. I didn't think I could, even if I wanted to. Get a sip. I craned my neck to watch Morgan's green swim fin slap across the teak deck toward the back of the boat. There was a whirring noise, and a chunk of the hull began to lower itself toward the water. Huh. That was convenient, kind of like the tailgate on my pickup. I let my neck drop back onto my pillowy hair and stared up through the poles and wires that normally held the sails. How many more dives was a couple more? I lifted my sunglasses to check the sun and then let them drop right back into place. The fiery red ball was still pretty high in the sky, so a couple more dives probably meant a couple more hours, which was actually a good thing. I could get in a hangover-reducing nap. There was a splash, and Cyrano let out a sad little greyhound roo, and a couple of drops of nose juice splashed on my stomach. And then she poked me with her nose. So much for my recovery. I drew up my knees and grabbed the underside of my thighs 
and ever so slowly pulled myself up into a sitting position and got a better look at Morgan's greyhound. Some sort of orange foam thing covered her back, clipped under her chest, and featured a convenient carrying handle on top. I couldn't imagine why someone would want to carry a greyhound around like a piece of luggage. Then I noticed a rope dangling from the handle. My eyes followed it down her side, onto the deck, and over to my foot, where the other end was tied around my right ankle. Last! No wonder she stayed on the boat. Morgan was using me as a greyhound anchor. Serena rooed a couple more times, and I rubbed the soft brindle-colored fur in her neck. It's okay, sweetie. Your selfish jerk of a daddy will be right back. She laid her long nose across my shoulder and purred, nothing like a cat or a motorboat, right? I squinted past her at the ocean. It was a motorboat, headed our way, fast. It zoomed around to Morgan's diving spot, and I used Cyrano's handle to pull myself to my feet and kept holding on as the waves hit, rocking us from side to side. Down in the motorboat, three white white guys who looked like they'd just stepped off the set of a multicultural hair-banging music video, clung to the edges of a black tarp that covered a massive, bumpy shape in the center of the, of the boat. Two of them leaped up into the tailgate thingy that Morgan had dove from. One continued up onto the deck, while a third, still in the motorboat, ripped away the tarp and tossed up a bundle that looked like an oversized brick wrapped in plastic. The guy on the tailgate caught it and tossed it to the guy on the deck. He dropped it by my feet and turned to grab the next one. Uh Uh-oh. Presents from random strangers were never good. The guy still in the motorboat waved an arm at me. You shouldn't let your dog sample the product. It could kill her. I followed his line of sight to Cyrano. She had that first brick between her front paws, and her teeth were well into the process of tearing away one of the corners of the plastic. Hey! I snatched it away from her and was smacked in the face with an odor that could only be described as a family of skunks on holiday. I gagged and poked a finger in the hole. This was not good. I'd been around enough stinking gone herp and crew members to know what this stuff was. Last. Less than 48 hours in Key West, and I was a drug runner. And that's it for now. Next week, I've got an interview with Carrie Jo Howe, who wrote Island Life Sentence. We talk about Key West, my favorite place in the whole wide world, and machetes. So join me next week. And until then, go read a good book.